Welcome to the News and Records HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast, week one edition of the 2016 season. I am the News and Records Joe Serrera, and I am joined by the News and Records uh, Spencer Turkin, also the voice of ESPN Triad Radio High School Football, the High School Huddle, and the North Carolina A&T State University Aggie Basketball Program. Spencer, great to have you. Joe, uh, looking forward to a fantastic season, though I'll be quite honest with you and everybody who's listening. I'm not really sure last season ever ended. There is no offseason for uh, high school football anymore. It just uh, between seven on sevens and mini camps and everything else. Uh, it, there's a lot of news with recruiting. There's just a lot going on. So uh, good for us, good for high school football fans, and we're ready to dive right into it. We're going to start with our top 10 in this week's first HS Extra football poll. Spencer Turkin and I vote in that poll. Uh, J.P. Mundy, who uh, was a big part of our coverage last year and will help us out again this year also with a vote, as well as uh, area high school head coaches uh, who we grant anonymity to because we don't want uh, anyone getting too mad at them for the way they voted on another team or even their own team in some cases, although that's uh, that's been an issue in the past. But anyway, getting past that, number one in our poll this week, East Forsyth, the Eagles. Spencer, that's a program that you know very, very well, and they open at home Friday night against Mount Tabor. Uh, they sure do, and, and East Forsyth, uh, I'll start here, Joe. Their offensive line is massive. Uh, as you, uh, if you clicked on the two-minute drill video that I uh, interviewed Todd Willard in, uh, he mentions that his center is tiny at six foot two, two hundred and sixty-five pounds. Yeah. Uh, that's how big this offensive line is, and it starts there. Despite the fact that they have three guaranteed FBS football players on their team, and possibly more. That's where it all starts, and uh, and Taiwan Hazel, the the big old left tackle, six five and a half, three hundred sixty five pounds, and he can move and he can block and he will run you over. Uh, is a big part of that offensive line. Doug Lake is the offensive line coach there, does a tremendous job, and uh, and they look really good uh, in the trenches. Obviously, Christian Beal committed to Wake Forest is a big part of that offense. Uh, Todd Bullard said he is not holding him back this year. He's planning on giving him uh, as many touches as possible, and that's a good sign for East Forsyth fans. Uh, and, and Madison Cone will be playing both ways. He's headed to Wisconsin. And then uh, the big X factor, really, in my mind, is uh, sophomore safety Khalid Martin, who was our preview article for the Piedmont Triad for a conference this year. Uh, this is a young man who was a second-team freshman All-American by Max Preps, which is run by CBS. Uh, 247sports.com named him the 78th best player in the class of 2019 uh, in their first set of rankings for that class. He's got Big Ten offers, three of them actually. Uh, he's got an offer from Wake Forest, and he also has one from Southern Miss. This is a young man who's going to be a can't-miss prospect. Uh, one coach that came in to see him, Joe, uh, a few months back, and this was before he started getting national recognition, mm -hmm. uh, was half-joking around and half-not and said, uh, Khalid, would you like to come back to, and I'm not going to name the city uh, that the coach was from, uh, and we'll leave it at XYZ right now, we could use you to come start for us. That's how highly they think of this young man and his potential. Wow. 
very impressive. And, you know, th this is an East Forsyth team that, that had the 4AA state champion, Mallard Creek from Charlotte, a nationally ranked team, on the ropes, you know, until the final seconds and lost to them in overtime. Really should have beaten them. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll say that. You know, and they've got a lot of talent back from that team. There's, there's a reason why East Forsyth is number one, and they're playing a uh, – School from Winston-Salem, Mount Tabor on Friday night to open their season. Number two, and it was very close in the voting for uh, our poll this week, the Dudley Panthers, another strong team, strong up front. Uh, you will be doing their opener against Carver on Friday night on ESPN Triad Radio. What can you tell us about that game, Spencer? Uh, I can tell you that Dudley will most likely come away with a massive victory. Um Stephen Davis's ball club is fantastic once again, very deep. Um, it starts with Hendon Hooker. Uh, Virginia Tech verbal pledge uh, looks bigger than ever. He's up to 208 pounds. He's a solid six foot four. Uh, I mean, he he could hold his own in, at Division One right now. And when he puts 20 pounds on in his freshman year, it's going to be really scary. Uh, you've got two really good offensive linemen that are heading to go play in college. You've also got a freshman. Uh, a freshman offensive lineman is going to be starting for Stephen Davis. That's almost unheard of. Uh, only Connell Young has started as a freshman for Stephen Davis before, not even Hendon Hooker. Um, You've got some talented tailbacks, DJ Crossin patrolling the uh, the defensive backfield. Uh, I mean, this team is loaded. Nothing else is new. It's the status quo over in Dudley, and uh, I'm expecting the Panthers to uh, take care of business against the Carver Yellow Jackets in, uh, in a huge rivalry game. And uh, interesting note here, Joe, obviously Jermaine Crowell Jr., uh, the son of Jermaine Crowell Sr., the coach over at Carver. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Sr. played at UVA, and Jr. is committed to UVA, and Hendon Hooker is committed to Virginia Tech, so the two quarterbacks will be duking out here. They'll also be rivals at the college level. Yeah, and, and Bryson Spees, the offensive lineman for uh, Dudley, is also a Virginia commit, so I'm sure he'll have some things to talk to uh, Jermaine about. And talking about Dudley commitments, You've got, you know, DJ Crossan's only a junior. You've got two seniors in that defensive backfield. Miles White, who's committed to East Carolina, and Breon Seagraves, who has a number of offers and, and will be a Division One football player. You know, again, you talk about the depth in the program and, and just how much Division One talent there is there, and, and Dudley certainly has that. And, again, it was a very, very close uh, vote between Dudley and East Forsyth for number one in our poll this week. Number three, a little bit farther back. Joe, before, before we move on, I just want to also mention that DJ will be making his commitment following the game on Friday, and you can actually listen to him and give his thoughts directly after the ball game on the ESPN Radio post-game show. He will be joining us live as soon as he makes his commitment, uh, and you can listen to that in Greensboro on 93.7 FM. Always, always a good idea to listen to uh, Spencer and his broadcast crew. They do a great job on those Friday night games and on the high school huddle on Saturday mornings. And you know, <clears throat> DJ doing that announcement on your on your broadcast is just another example of how you know you've got the high school football wrapped up in terms of coverage. 
page. Yes, and it's a, it's a team effort. But now we, we move on to number three, Page. Yes, uh, a little bit farther back than, than uh, East Forsyth and Dudley in the poll this week. But there's there's a lot to like about this Page football team. They got to the Class 4 AA state championship game last year, had a very long, rough day against Charlotte Mallard Creek over at Carter-Finley Stadium, Charlotte Mallard Creek being the team that beat East Forsyth in the West Final. Page was the East champion. Page with still a lot of talent back on that team. Will Jones, quarterback, headed to Western Carolina uh, as a commitment. <clears throat> Javon Leak, starting tailback, headed to Maryland. He's committed there. The big questions on offense for the Pirates are an offensive line where only one of five starters returns. They had a very strong offensive line last year, but as I say, four of those guys gone. The one returning starter, Nick Makovic, is a very impressive junior, big, strong, smart center that anchors that line, but the guys around him are going to be new. And at the receiver positions, DeAndre Overton gone to Clemson from last year's team. James Ellis gone to Gardner-Webb. There was some talent there. The only receiver with experience, the only receiver who's caught a varsity pass going into the season is Ronald Polite, and he's a good one, and he's going to get better, but they're going to have to find some other weapons there. Uh, Mikey Gafford still back, the little little tough tailback and defensive back. will get some touches uh, on offense. Defense, they did lose some people, Elijah Diarasuba being a big one on their defensive line, but there's an awful lot of talent back on that defense. You look at guys like Alan Teasdale, who is one of the top juniors in this part of the world. Uh, you've got Alex Gray at linebacker. You've got some other guys on that team that, that are very strong on defense. I think their defense was a little bit underrated last year. They're going to be facing Davie County at home at Marion Kirby Stadium on Friday night. What do you think about this page team, Spencer? I think they're a solid ball club. I, I think the offensive line might be a problem, especially early in the year. But, uh, again, this is a team that when you have a veteran quarterback like Will Jones and you have a running back like Javon Leake, you give them two seconds and they can make you pay. And that's exactly what Kevin Gillespie and his ball club are going to do. Uh, I, I'd really like to see – how they're going to respond to a Davie County team uh, that, let's face it, DeVore Holman is on the hot seat yet again. It feels like he's been on the hot seat since he got the job, but uh, but that team uh, it just continues to be on the hot seat, and, uh, and we'll see how they come out and play against them. Number four in the opening poll this week, Northwest Guilford. The Vikings are home against a rejuvenated Smith team. The Vikings are... And a wounded bunch of Vikings. My say, goodness. Real, really uh, with some injury and illness issues right now. Uh, you know, I think some of the people voting them fourth in the poll uh, may not have known about some of those issues that they have when they cast their ballots. Uh, let's start with Trey Turner, uh, one of the top juniors in the country. Uh, receiver for the Vikings had a sprained ankle and a, a chip fracture back during the summer playing AU basketball for uh, Team CP3. He has been rehabbing, working hard on that. Everything we've heard is that he was going to miss the first two games of the season, which would be this week against Smith, next week against Western Guilford, pointing toward coming back September 2nd against Northern Guilford. Huge rivalry game for them, but he's not going to play this week. That is for sure. Another huge loss for them, another receiver, although he's also an excellent defensive back, Thomas Hennigan, uh, Appalachian State commit. He's recovering from mononucleosis. They hope to have him back by, well, they could have him back 
as early as game three or four, but obviously that's a condition that the doctors are going to monitor very carefully. They're not going to rush him back and take any chances, but you take those two weapons away from them and one of their offensive linemen, Mr. Kilgannon, also a defensive lineman, out for the entire season with a labrum injury, shoulder injury. That's three of the best players that Northwest Guilford has, and they will not be available this week for sure, next week for sure. Yeah. How, how do you think that impacts that team, Spencer? Oh, I mean, that's it, a mental thing at this point. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is one of those things where when the injury bug starts to hit, you sit there and you're just like, man, what else can go wrong? It's on Jared Rolfus right now to go ahead and calm his team down, make sure they're ready to go. Um, you know, you're going up against a rookie head coach in Smith, in, in Coach Wiggins, and, you know, you've got to set the tone early and kind of calm some of your own nerves and let your, let your kids know, hey, we can do this even without all those guys. And here's the best part about this. If they do accomplish what they want to in this first game without all of those players, it gives those backups confidence so that when the the star players come back, you've got reliable backups. Definitely. And and l- let me say this, too. That we should remind people that the cupboard is not exactly bare, even without two great offensive players like Thomas Hennigan and Trey Turner. Cameron Cloud, sophomore uh, receiver, slot guy, he'll touch the ball a number of different ways, already has a number of FBS offers, including Virginia, which came before he ever played a game for Northwest Guilford last year. He's going to get more touches. Kyle Finney, senior running back, you know, a, a good, tough between-the-tackles runner, decent receiver. You know, Those are two guys who can play, and they're going to get even more opportunities to touch the ball and be a factor this week against Smith, next week against Western Guilford. And as you say, that may, that may give them a little bit more confidence and a little bit of momentum if they can get through these two games before they play Northern Guilford to, to get that team going in the right direction. Smith, I saw twice in Jamborees, uh, a much improved team from last season. They are still a little bit uh, ragged, a little undisciplined at times, but very aggressive, very physical, very athletic. You know, the big question that Coach Brandon Wiggins has had with his team is, or questions are, mental discipline, not getting penalties, not, not having busts in coverage or making mistakes on assignments, and also he doesn't have a ton of depth and conditioning you know and that's one of the things that northwest i'm sure is going to want to try to do friday night is wear that team down smith is not as deep as northwest and in the third and fourth quarters on a hot humid night that's when northwest is going to want to try to take over that game moving on to number five in the poll this week a team that that traditionally has not played in the opening week northern guilford nighthawks they are number five in our poll they will be playing at page next Friday, but this week they're off. That is a tradition that goes back to when Johnny Roscoe was the Northern coach for eight of the first nine years of that program. He did not like playing that opening week. He would rather play through the schedule from that point on, have that extra week to work on some things, to scout opponents. Uh, For this year, that tradition will continue with new head coach Eric Westberg. Next year, Coach Westberg said they are not taking that opening week off anymore, but Northern 
you know, a lot of people to replace there. Five first or second team HS Extra All Area players from last season are gone to graduation. You know, the biggest one, CJ Freeman, who's already uh, on the depth chart at South Carolina as a running back. The Nighthawks rode him all the way to the East Regional Final last year against Southern Durham. Lost that game in a heartbreaker. As it turned out, Southern Durham had an ineligible player and had to forfeit afterward, but it was after the season, so uh, Northern did not get back to the state championship game. But, you know, Eric Westberg, you and I have both talked talked to him quite a bit, Spencer. What do you think his first team at Northern is going to look like this year? Well, it's going to be tough. Uh, they definitely don't have a lot of kids that you expect at Northern. They're tiny. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are small, but... I do like Coach Westberg's style. He's running it like a college program over there. I think that uh, that he is going to have a good program. It just might not be right away. Uh, so we will have to see how that goes. Now, uh, the biggest thing with, with Coach Westberg is, and his team is, I, I'm kind of surprised at how high they are in the poll. Uh, you know, I guess it's Northern, so people look at the name and they vote them. I'll be quite honest. I'm looking to see what they have. I still have them in my top 10, but, uh, but I did not have them this high. Neither did I. I think, I think their ranking is a measure of respect from the coaches in the area uh, for that program and what they've achieved. Nine seasons, four state championships. You know, they, they, they were in this area the dominant team of the last nine years. Dudley's been great, but doesn't have quite the state championships that Northern does. And, you know, it, it's, it's going to be prove it with a new coach, with a lot of new players on that on that team. And they're going to get a huge test against Page next week in their opener. Uh, Page manhandled them last year, just, just totally dominated them. And, and Coach Roscoe did a great job and his staff of regrouping that team for their next game. You know, next week is going to be a big, big test for Northern Guilford. And you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's it's a process of transitioning with new players, new coaching staff there. But it is Northern Guilford, so you underestimate them at your peril. I think that's that's a lesson we've all learned over the years from them. Number six. No doubt. And, and, I'm sorry. And the, there and there will be a target on Northern's back every week. And that is by no doing of Coach Westberg, but it's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, when, when they play Northwest Guilford on that, that uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, I think that's a game that Northwest has had circled for a long time. Trey Turner has made a point of saying that he will be back for that game. Uh, Northwest has not beaten Northern. And, of course, Northwest head coach Jared Rolfus was the offensive coordinator at Northern Guilford in 2013. And, you know, he knows some of the people in that program in that school. So that that's a big game for him, a big game for that program. Number six this week, first poll, Reedsville, another traditional power, another school that uh, gets a lot of respect because it's been earned over the years, the self-proclaimed football capital of North Carolina. Uh, the Rams are coming off of a 9-4 and four season that, by their standards, was a disappointment. Uh, Jimmy T, the longtime coach up there, said you know, he knows that, and he's glad that it was a disappointment and that the expectations are high. He loves those expectations. He thinks he's got the kind of team that can 
do a lot better than nine and four this year. Uh, they went through some horrendous injuries last season. They lost a lot of key guys up front. Uh, their in their game against Andrews last year, they lost three two-way starters during that game and ended up losing the game 48 to three, which is uh, just not a a Reedsville losing end score you you ever see. Uh, they have a lot to prove this season. Tanner Wilson, the quarterback, has a lot of experience. Uh, Jimmy Teague, the coach, has been talking about how they need to throw the ball better. That's one of the things that he's been pointing toward the last few years. He thinks with Tanner Wilson back at quarterback, a big, strong-armed kid with some experience and talented receivers, they should be able to throw the ball better this year. They open at home Friday night against McMichael. Uh, I don't know how big a test that's going to be for Reedsville, but anytime you get those Rockingham County schools together, there's a lot of bragging rights involved and a lot of pride on the line. So we'll see what the Rams have in store for McMichael. Look, anytime you have Jimmy Teague on your sidelines, uh, you're in good hands. And, and the bottom line is that for Reedsville, uh, this is everything. Football, Friday nights, it's everything. Yeah, this is what this is what that community lives for, and and they've got to be fired up. Number seven in our first poll, Eastern Guilford, five and seven record last year. Bit of bit of a disappointment. A lot of that was due to injuries after they got off to a pretty good start. They are going to be going to Southern Guilford, a team that just missed the number ten spot in our poll this week. Uh, Eastern Guilford, Doug Robertson. This is his fourth season there. He won a state title at Reedsville. Doug Robertson says this is the best team he's had in four years. Eastern Guilford, and he's had teams there that nearly beat uh, Northern Guilford and have, have done some damage in that conference over the last few years. If he says this is his best team in four years, you know he's not a guy who's given a hyperbole. This is a team to watch for. I've seen them a couple times this summer. Uh, very athletic, very fast. Uh, a lot of guys who are interchangeable at various positions. Nobody who just jumps right out at you and says, yeah, this guy's a Division One player, but they just come at you in waves. And I think that's going to be their strength this season. The numbers, he's gotten them up over, over the time he's been in that Eastern Guilford Wildcat program. And the Mid-State 3A, Northern Guilford's a little bit down this year. Western Alamance is breaking in a new quarterback after Trevion McCollum graduated. Eastern Guilford, I'm sorry, Eastern Alamance, a new quarterback also, Josh Lamont, went on to, or John Lamont, I'm sorry, went on to Boston College. Their offensive lineman, Jonah Melton, who's a big recruit for Carolina, out for the season with an ACL injury. There are a lot of teams at the top in that conference that have kind of come back to the pack a little bit, and this is a good year for Eastern Guilford to have a good team and make a run in that conference. Playing a Southern Guilford team that we've talked about a little bit. Coach Daryl Brown moved on to Grimsley. Earl Bates comes down from Moorhead, where they had probably the best season in school history last year, and he's taken over at Southern Guilford, but he has to replace almost every starter from last year's team. They've got some upperclassmen, but kids who haven't played a lot. You know, what, what have you? What do you look for from Southern Guilford this year, uh, Spencer? Coach Bates' teams are, are usually hard-nosed, and Southern Guilford traditionally has been that way. Uh, I would say that I'm looking for a team that um, 
hopefully is focused on game number one because we all know that game number two is circled on, on their calendar. Yes. And uh, and so you know this might be uh, this might be a rough week for them. Yeah. For those for those who haven't looked ahead, that that week two for Southern Guilford is Grimsley and Coach Daryl Brown facing his his former team. So that will be one to watch. Moving on to number eight in our poll this week again, another school with a new coach. There there was a lot of turnover this year. The Andrews Red Raiders they are idle this week. They traditionally, just like Northern Guilford, do not play that opening week. They are going to be at Southwest Guilford next week. Uh, Andrews with a new coach, John Patterson. Rodney McCoy stepped down after the season, after a 12 and two season, a typically good, strong Andrews team. But uh, John Patterson, a, an Andrews alumnus, a very much an old school coach, tough, hard nosed, uh, has been around coaching in South Carolina, coaching other places, been a college coach and he expects a lot from that program he runs runs the uh, proverbial tight ship there and it will be interesting to see what the Red Raiders do they've got a great running back coming back Travis Steele was one of their two leading rushers last year they're going to get him the ball as a running back they're going to get him the ball out of the slot they're going to run some wildcat stuff with him they're getting away from the wing tee that was a uh, Wayne McCoy or Rodney McCoy staple there under the previous coaching staff. So it will be a little bit of a different look for them. They do have a couple of big offensive linemen, big defensive linemen. The question there is going to be numbers. They do not have a ton of depth and transitioning to an entirely new coaching staff. That is going to be a challenge for the Red Raiders. Coming in at number nine this week in our poll, Southeast Guilford. Speaking of teams that you you underestimate at your peril, uh, Coach Fritz Hessenthaler always has a tough team with the Falcons. They get overshadowed a little bit in their conference, the Metro 4A by Dudley and Page. But, Spencer, you know how strong a program Coach Fritz has, and you've seen what they can do. They're going to open at home against West Charlotte on Friday night. Yeah, and uh, when you want to talk about strong, you, you don't have to look any further than their big defensive end, Trey Love. Uh, this is a kid who will be playing on Saturdays, probably at a very high level. Uh, he is the real deal, folks, and uh, my goodness, uh, good, for, good for Coach Fritz that, that, he's got, uh, that he's got this guy and he can mold him and, and really toughen him up and, and make him a solid football player. It's going to help him down the line. We talked a little bit about Andrews getting away from the, the traditional wing tee there. Coach Fritz, another another wing tee disciple from from way back. But look for look for a little more a little more passing from his team this year. He's got a big, strong armed quarterback in Ryan Douglas who got a lot of snaps and a lot of experience last year as a freshman and is ready to really step up and take the reins on that team. And they've got a lot of speed on the outside with their receivers. You know, they're gonna be able to run the ball. That's a Southeast Guilford staple, but if they can put the ball in the air effectively, even if it's just short stuff to the perimeter when they get teams in the box, that could make them that much more dangerous. And when you've got hard-nosed guys and athletic guys like Trey Love on defense, that's going to be a good Southeast Guilford team and, and one to watch throughout the season, especially as they head toward the Metro 4A schedule. Last team in our top 10 this week, Southwest Guilford. You know, a team that, that you've written about a good bit, Spencer. You've seen 
Coach Eric Rainey, his son Jaron, defensive back Nolan Johnson, a lot of talent on that team. A team that hasn't had a winning season in a while, and you really think this is the year that they're going to break through and do that? Yeah, if they stay healthy, they will. Uh, Nolan Johnson's first offer was to Maryland. Uh, Jaron Rainey's being looked at by a whole bunch of different programs. Uh, around the country, has an offer from ECU. Uh, this is a very talented ball club, and uh, and their non-conference schedule lends itself to being able to pluck off a few wins. And uh, since 1997, they have not had a winning season, so uh, we'll see if they can pull it off. And they are on the road Friday night at Reynolds to open their season. Two other games we want to talk about. We can't get to everybody. I've already been pretty long-winded. But uh, two other games that we do want to talk about in the area. First one, North Davidson at High Point Central. Uh, High Point Central is dealing with some off-the-field issues this week. You want to talk a little bit about that, Spencer, I know. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Unfortunate news that came down on Tuesday. Uh, Brian Maynard was shot. Monday night and taken to uh, to the hospital. He was then transferred uh, to Baptist Medical Center where uh, he had to undergo a pretty serious surgery. He's expected to be okay, but uh, not the distraction that you want to begin a season if you're Wayne Jones. Uh, it's always a team that's pretty prolific, very athletic. Uh, you know, just, just not the way you want to start the season against uh, a team like North Davidson. We're similar to Reedsville. Uh, Friday night, you can guarantee that Welcome has shut down because all there is to do is that football game. And uh, uh, Joe Butts, the quarterback there, uh, is, a, is a pro. I mean, he just gets it done. And Mark Holcomb, the head coach, is one of the best ones in the state. You know, High Point Central, you mentioned uh, Brian Maynard. Obviously, we wish him a speedy recovery. He was a uh, projected as a starting cornerback for the Bison this year. But obviously, the bigger concern is his overall health, getting him, getting him healthy, getting him back at school, and a quick recovery there. Last game we want to talk to or talk about. Grimsley at Ragsdale. I will be at that game. Uh, Daryl Brown's first game as the Grimsley head football coach, going against a veteran coach, a guy he knows, and, and we all know around the area, Tommy Norwood, who's done a fantastic job at Ragsdale over the years. They've struggled a little bit lately. Uh, they do have a very good running back, Jarius Drayton, good receiver out of the backfield, kick return guy, speed. Uh, as Tommy says, he, he's small in the hole and difficult guy to tackle and they picked up a quarterback halfway through last season Eric Williams big strong kid with it with a great arm can really throw the ball he had transferred in wasn't eligible until about halfway through the season he's had the rest of last season all of the offseason to get used to that system and get settled in there you know that that's a team where Tommy Norwood's thinking that this is going to be a little bit more like the Ragsdale teams we're used to seeing from him and Spencer you obviously know quite a bit about Ragsdale I'm sorry Crimsley and coach Daryl Brown who moved over from Southern Guilford, and one player in particular that he's building around this year. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, Braylon Faison-Walden is, is going to be a guaranteed all-area selection. This is a young man who uh, is just really, 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 really good. And, uh, and everybody knows it, and everybody knows he's going to get the ball a lot. And... Uh, it's no secret. And guess what? He's still going to make you pay. That's how good he is. Mm-hmm. 
And obviously, a great defensive player. That's where he's projected at the next level. Penn State is looking at him as a uh, hybrid safety linebacker. And Spencer and I, you know, you, you've seen, we've seen him, and we know that he could even outgrow that position into a linebacker on the outside or defensive end at the next level, depending on how he develops in the strength and conditioning program at Penn State. But, you know, the the big thing for, for Daryl Brown is setting the tone with his program. You know, he he's said he wants to change the culture at Grimsley. He wants them to expect to win and to be willing to do what it takes to win. And going to Ragsdale is a good first test for them. That You know, the Tigers are always well coached. They do have some players, you know, maybe not as many as some of the teams that they go up against these days, but a very good first test for Grimsley and Daryl Brown and his program, so we'll be looking forward to that one. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. I want to thank Spencer Turkin for keeping it uh, moving along when I've rambled at times, and we look forward to talking to him throughout the season, and you can look for stories, videos, podcasts, all sorts of content from Spencer this year at hsextra.com and in the print edition of the News and Record. And I am Joe Serrera. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Serrera, NR, and you can always follow Spencer on Twitter at, say it, Spencer. Turkin35. Excellent. Thanks for listening.